Greetings once again to the four corners of the earth here. Coach Harv and my man Towels with the Seek First and Towels podcast. Towels, we have some more NFL, plenty of moves. I know we're not going to get to every single one of them, but we can highlight some. We obviously talked a little bit last week about Antonio Brown to the Raiders. We know they've added a couple more pieces, one of those being a big left tackle, Trent Brown, man. How are you seeing that picture for the Raiders shape? For me, I see them trying to add pieces, trying to become a better football team, and Gruden's trying to get his guys in there. I don't know what to say about about Oakland, man. I have no idea. You get rid of Khalil Mack. You get rid of you get rid of um, you get rid of Cooper. Good, how are you? You get rid of Cooper, and now. You you spend money on Antonio Brown and you get a tackle. Um, I'm not sure what Gruden is doing. It may work. It may not. But I think um, with all the draft picks that they have in the draft, this could be a different team next year. Right. And I think it's going to be. And I think that's what – I mean, you want to get a, a left tackle to protect your QB. You obviously have Antonio Brown in the picture now. And – with all the draft picks, as crazy as it looked sending Khalil Mack out, as crazy as it looked sending Amari Cooper out, <laughs> coaching, you're running a team, you're running an offense, those are not your guys. So as crazy as it looks, they got all the picks. I feel like they're just cleaning house, in a sense, and trying to get in players that Gruden wants to fit his system to be able to do what he wants to do with that football team, as you said, because they're not in Vegas yet. When they get right. to Vegas – they probably will look a lot different than they do right now. Oh, without question. It's just that my thing is Antonio Brown obviously is a better player right now than than Amari Cooper. Right, right. On the field between the chalk. <laughs> my question is always locker room, baby. Always locker room. How is that going to work? At least with Amari Cooper, end up guy. You didn't have – at least that we heard, we didn't hear anything crazy in the locker room. We heard that he was a model citizen in the locker room. Maybe not the leader you want, but a model citizen. So we'll see. We'll see. Right. <laughs> and I think I think in the end, because we mentioned that a little bit last week, too, I think it just comes down to how Gruden has that set up. I mean, when you're dealing with Antonio Brown, you know he likes to talk on the field and off the field, even to the media. It's right. something that you kind of prepare yourself to do for. You're getting a big personality. You're getting a guy at the wide receiver position. And speaking about guys at the wide receiver position, man, Odell Beckham to the Browns, man. I, <laughs> and and I, hey, I might sound crazy to some football fans, but did that just smooth them to the – I mean, again, we know Kareem Hunt is going to be out for, I believe, it's eight weeks. Eight but weeks. you now have – Hunt in that offense, you have Odell Beckham, and you have – they still have Landry as well. That's right. Here, here, Here's the thing, man. You look at the division now, you're not sure what Cincinnati is going to give you. They may be losing A.J. Green, maybe, the free agency, maybe. The Steelers have been weakened because they've lost A.B. and Bell. Right. The Ravens, I don't know what they're going to be because now they've given a range over to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they got the safety help now with Earl Thomas, and they got 
the, the, um, the back from New Orleans. But you have to look at Cleveland and say, this is Kansas City 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know that's someone we're going to talk about. What I feel like with this team, they have the young, exciting QB who actually he played better than I thought he was going to play. Like, I thought he had some success. I yeah. thought he would make some strides during the season. He actually played good football in spurts last year. He did. He did. And think about it. He led them to a better record last year than they've had in the last three seasons combined. They went seven, eight, and one last year. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And that's without him starting the first two games. Imagine if he had started the first two games. They could have been in the playoffs. <laughs> they, they, they really could have, man. I, I, I like that. Kansas City 2.0, man. 2.0, Speaking of Kansas City, man, I just – the San Diego Chargers are – the Chargers now, right? They're gonna they're gonna be a good good football team. We talked about it last week. Denver, I think, is still gonna be on the bottom of that division. No, uh, I mean, you may not, you may be back there, but I see them <laughs> looking up from the bottom of that division. But man, between the Raiders adding some pieces, because I know you the way you feel, the way you do about. Oakland right now. You may have Oakland looking up from the bottom as they're trying to sort out whatever they're going to be when they get to Vegas. But Kansas City is going to be a problem, man. Well, we don't know because we've seen that they've they gave up on Kareem Hunt a little too fast. They gave up on him a little too fast. And now that Tyreek Hill is in potential trouble. Right. I forgot about that. Let's see if they give up on him. See, you can have a great quarterback but no weapons and have a terrible team. So if Kansas City is not careful, they're going to have a great emerging quarterback with very few weapons. Right. Still still have Travis Kelsey there. Yeah, but with no other weapons, Kelsey becomes the main – he becomes the main person that the defense says, hey, we need to take this guy out. The fact that Travis Kelsey had a career year last year attested the fact that Kareem Hunt was on the field – and Hill was on the field with the vertical game. So it you, the defense has to take a pick. We can't shut down everybody. We got to pick one. Right. Yeah. Without without Hill on the floor, without Hill on the, on the field, or without Hunt, the defense says we take this one. Travis Kelsey right. and, and neutralize. Man, it, it's going to be fun to watch, man, because I even look at a situation where they, they even let Eric Berry go this week because they got the honey badger, man. That's another good addition to their defense. But you got to make that move. You know why? Because Eric Berry, shout out to all he's done and all that he's been through. Eric Berry just couldn't get it done anymore. Not in, right. a, not in, a, not in a way he would be able to get it done had not he gone through all of these things. So True. you bring in the honey badger, which is the Texans' downfall. I'm not sure why they didn't sign this. We try to resign this guy. But right. Should be a, a great addition to KC's defense. Right. Now, I talked to you about this one earlier in the week, man. You're not big on Le'Veon Bell to your jet? Not. It's the same deal with AB. It's, the, it's, it's not the on the field stuff. It's the off the field stuff. I think Le'Veon gives the Jets and gives Sam Donald the perfect weapon in the play action because you have to respect Bell coming out of the backfield, running the ball, and you have to respect them coming out of the backfield to catch the ball. So 
He's perfect for that. It's just shout out to all the Pittsburgh natives that listen to the podcast. But when you think about Pittsburgh and what you can do there, and Le'Veon Bell found a way to be distracted there. New York is like distractions on steroids to athletes. Right. That's my my concern. That's why that's the only reason I looked at this that move and said, I'm not sure because of the distractions that come here, that are here in New York City, in my city, for athletes of Le'Veon Bell's stature. My thing is hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, he's a better guy, a better man. We know he's an awesome player. Hopefully, he's a better man and can just, you know, kind of detour from these uh, distractions. Right, man. Uh, hoping for the best, man. A couple of honorable mention, man, before we get out here for the for the NFL picks, is I, I like seeing Deshaun Jackson going back to Philly, even though I would like to see him in a higher uniform. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, landing Collins to the Redskins, same division, leaves the Giants, goes to the Redskins. That should be interesting. And the one that I like, because we talked about this guy the last couple of years, especially when playoffs came around, Nick Foles to Jacksonville, man. What do you think about that? Nick Foles, Jack, I think it could work. Um, Nick Foles, we know, is a system quarterback. As much as we don't want to say that, He's a system-leading quarterback, right? Because we've seen Nick Foles do extremely well. And then we've seen in a certain system, and we've seen Nick Foles be an average media quarterback in other systems. So the key here to me is going to be Jacksonville alone. And if can they keep, can they keep Leonard Fournette healthy? If you are not currently following CHHTS Network and GTHU on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, make sure you do so. They are the ones that have made it possible for Taos and I to do this podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring, if you're interested in running ads, hit us up on our DM on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. On to some baseball, man. Obviously a personal favorite from mine. It's springtime. It's spring training right now. Spring training is about to come to a close. Season is going to start. But a few things are different. A few things on the horizon. We kind of alluded to it the last podcast episode that we did. There's a lot of analytical and and small changes and tweaks. And I talked about them almost taking the human element out of one of our coaches that I coach with at the academy. talks about that a lot. But they're talking about robots right. helping umpire and moving the mound back. And I read an article last week, and I guess we can start here and kind of transition into it. I read an article last week on how a lot of teams are going away from traditional batting practice, which is typically everyone gets to the yard early to see back in the days Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa just hit home runs out of the field, or right. out of the ballpark, right? Now you have guys right. like Bryce Harper, I think, last year took on-field batting practice five or six times last year, and that's unheard of. I played a 140-game season when I was in the minor leagues. For every single game, we spent an hour and a half to two hours before games even started outside in the elements, in the sun, taking traditional batting practice, three to four four groups, 
um, taking ground balls, taking fly balls, live reps, having pitchers and coaching staff hit them to us. It looks like right. some teams are still doing it, but you have a lot of the players that, you know what, I'm not going to tire myself out for the end of the season. I probably lose eight to 10 pounds every single season to where that last month of the season is a grind. It's kind of rough to do. So I see why some teams are doing that. And I know right. the man probably says, man, well, I want to go and see Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and Mookie Betts take batting practice. They may not get to do that anymore. Yeah, that's bad for the fans. It has a very bad, especially if ones like the younger ones that want to come out and see them physically, maybe get autographs on. Right. Baseball has to do something about that. They got to do something about that. And, and I don't know if they will. I, I mean, especially if it's, I mean, baseball has a players union that's a, a, that pretty much sticks together on a lot of things with their players union. They, they try and take care of their guys. And I know that part of the reason they look at that is, you know, 162 game season. 162 days taking batting practice, which is going to take a lot out of you. If you have your star player that's making millions of dollars saying, you know what, I'm just going to go hop in the cage and set the pitching machine up for curveballs because I've been struggling, I don't think management's going to have a hard time telling them, no, we want you to go outside and take batting practice. Well, here's the thing. Even if they don't take batting practice, if analytics is going to take over that part of the game because we've seen analytics take over sports overall. I mean, I think the only sport that hasn't really been taken over by analytics completely is football for the most part, right? Not yet. But here's the thing. For the sake of the fan, they still need to get their star, at least the star players, right? Especially if they're going to that stadium for the – let's say it's an American League park. And Bryce Harper's only coming here this one time right. this year. Bryce Harper, for those three games that they play, or the two games that they play, or the four-game series, he needs to be out there signing autographs or something before the game. If he's not going to take BP, which is understandable, but at least they have to do it for the fans. Be out there, sign some balls, take some pictures with some of the kids, because you're never going to – you're not coming back to the city this right. year. Right. Now, I'm sure some of that will probably happen. I've I, I know yeah. for sure there are some of them aren't taking batting practice, at least not as often, but I still do see quite a bit of them coming out before the game, even if it's just on their walkout to start getting stretched out to actually play the game. Right, right. I mean, again, we can't, we, analytics um, have been in baseball for a long time. Right. They first started with Billy being money ball, mm-hmm. right, on a, on a funding side. Right now, it's on the field. So, that's something we can't dodge. They've seen analytics work in other sports. So let's try it in this sport and see if it works. So I get it. And the fans of those other sports have adapted to the analytical piece. The only difference is, is that basketball players still come out and do shoot arounds, right. right? And even if they are not, even if the star athletes are not doing shoot around, they're still usually on the court if they're going to play. Right, right. If they're gonna play. They, they on a court getting scratched out. They're on the sidelines doing something, talking to the fans. Um, but I mean, football. They're a little further away from the fans because the walls are so tall. Typically, right. But you know, baseball down at first and third base line, every ballpark, right above the above the dugouts, you have fans there, and some of them come out very early. To see these guys, um, to meet their favorite, their favorite baseball player, right? And with, 
the baseball rules and fans the way they are, right? Um, especially the younger fans. Right. I mean, and, and if we keep it real, a, a lot of those fans are lost anyways if you're not a true fan of baseball just because it can be as someone just watching it that doesn't really know the X's and O's per se, what's going on in between pitches because so many things are taking place, right? The the, right. the verbal communication, right. the nonverbal communication when runners are on base. Like, I can sit and watch a 1-0 baseball game and absolutely enjoy it, love every moment where someone else might be like, man, this this is what you like to watch and this is what you play. Right. This is boring. Listen, I can watch a 1-0 game as well and say, wow. I can sit in the stands and pay money for it and say, wow. If I can see some great defense, kind of error-free baseball, right. good pitching, you know what I'm saying? Um, some hits. Yeah, I will admit if somebody's th- if somebody's playing um, throwing a no hitter, right? That might get a little crazy. Just to look right. at it for a non baseball person, <laughs> you know, like, but you know, a baseball enthusiast says, "Hey, yo, this guy's he has a no hitter going through seven innings. Right. We're ecstatic, and everybody else is like, it's like watching paint dry. It's <laughs> boring." <laughs> but again. But when you look at all the sports, though, out of in regards to action, when you consider soccer and hockey and basketball and football, these are sports that are constant motion, motion, understood motion, yes. right? Action, things that people don't want, even if they don't know, it's something that's moving. As you said, baseball, there is always something moving, whether, like you said, signs or whatever have you. But if you're not familiar with baseball, you think these guys are playing with their hands. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. And, and I think that, that's well, probably have... been the knock on it the last probably five to ten years, man. And I don't know if that's why they tried to bring the analytical element in. Because even when you watch it on TV, they have the K-zone now. They show pitching charts. They show where his hot zone is, where he's cold. So I'm not a guy that's like such a purist that I'm like, you know what? Forget the analytical side completely but at the same time I don't want it to take over the game because if you take the human element out like I think of okay so you, yes umpires make bad calls sometimes but they also have their own unique strike zones I may as an umpire I may give you the ball down in the zone maybe even a little below the knee if you're consistent where you may be someone that gives the high fat fastball and I'm like nope that's not a strike but I feel that that element can be taken out. If you just have one zone, I guess, in the big scheme of things, you should. I don't personally like that you're taking that away from the baseball game by now. You know what? I don't have Joe West with his zone and then someone else with their zone. I have one zone for everyone. And now you take that, you take out that strikeout call. You know what I mean? I always think of Leslie Nielsen when he's umpiring. <laughs> you know what I mean? You take that away from the baseball game now because you have a robot helping you with balls and strikes. You know, baseball made a decision about, I think, about 10 years ago that may have, I wouldn't say sealed their fate, but may have impacted fandom. And that's when they decided to make the stadiums so that you can hit more home runs. Right. I think I think baseball was a lot better, in my opinion, when you had mm-hmm. the old Bush Stadium that was 430 to center field, 385 down the lines, and it was good for gap hitters. It made speed. Speed was the main attraction right. in pitching. 
now everybody, I mean, it was difficult to hit on. I mean, Jack Clark was 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 the heavy hitter for, for St. Louis. And I mean, he was only hitting about 25, 30 home runs a year. Right. And he was considered a run threat at 30 home runs. I mean, you have teams now that their shortstop is hitting 30 home exactly. runs. Exactly. Exactly. This is unheard of. So I think that might get the fans back in. But when you look at places like Camden Yards, when you look at where the Phillies play baseball at, it really feels always like that. Yankee Stadium is always like that. So you can't yeah. add those two places in. And but by yeah, all, that mean, all that, he means band boxes, really small ballparks. Really very small ballparks. Now you look at um, the, where the Giants play baseball. Right. They, I mean, even even where the Mets play, when they, when they built City Field, City Field used to be 435 or 425 the center and 375 down the lines. And then when their big heavy hitters could not hit home runs out of there on a consistent basis, they moved the fences in. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything is about getting them, knocking the ball out of the ballpark. So that drives strikeups out because now if your hitters, as you notice, know, if you're looking to hit the ball at the park, you're susceptible to get struck out. Absolutely. And I think <laughs> you know I mean? and I think it, it brings up a good point, man, because when you look at the baseball and you look way back to the last strike that they had where season ended short and you come back you come back from that. And of course there's been the the kind of sore eye that baseball has with the steroids <laughs> and, the P- and the PED the era, right? Um, and and right. I played during the heart of it. Um, I I saw some things, I witnessed things, but it's one of those things where if baseball turns an eye to that, per se, and you just let it happen because, you know what, we need fans, we don't want to go on strike again, I feel like all that played into, you know what, we're going to have to bring the fences in, we're going to have to make the game more exciting. Which is hard for me because now you're trying to draw the fans back in, like I said, with the K zone on TV, and it helps. And we're dealing with a generation really um, where you're used to looking at a device or a laptop or a tablet. Right. When you're watching ESPN on the go and you're able to watch your baseball games, you do want to see more runs scored. Most people do. But True. I love pitchers' duels as well, man. Just because I've been a part of the game, but it's they're they're trying to make it fan friendly. But at the same time, what are you doing if you're kind of making baseball one thing? Because that's all I can think about when you tell me there's going to be a robot calling balls and strikes. Then maybe you can gear it to hey, I want your zone to be a little bit lower. I want you to give some pitches off the plate. How far are you going to go in taking out the human element from baseball? Here, here's the thing, though. If there, if there is a consistent strike zone or individual, a consistent strike zone, then what you're going to see one or two things happening. You're either going to see a whole lot more home runs or you're going to see a lot, a lot of walks because – I think about guys like Greg Maddox right. that was able to paint the corner and he knew which hump was going to give him a little Absolutely. bit more of the outside corner, Absolutely. right? Or the inside corner. But now if you have one strike zone, like if the computer says, hey, from the armpit to the right. knee and across the plate, this is the strike zone, which is supposed, which is, it, it is, is supposed that, to that, be. That's, the, that's technically the strike <laughs> zone, knee to the armpit. That's what it's supposed to be. 
Right. Knees are the armpits and the, the, the diameter yeah, of the plate. Right? right. So now that's the, that's it. Now the hitter knows I only have to cover this spot. When he goes out there with a Joe West, he might have to cover exactly because Joe West an additional two inches, one on each side, right? Right, that might be the case. So, but with a consistent zone, he doesn't have to worry about that now. So now, when he's looking for, when it's a two-one count, and he know with the batter know that the pitcher on two-one, he throws something off-speed and off-speed and outside. He can look for off-speed and outside and know if it's too far outside, it's going to be right. a ball. So you're going to have a whole lot of home runs if they do this, or a whole lot of walks. Yeah, I, 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 it's hard to decide. It's hard to think of how it's going to play out without seeing it, man, because I even think about them moving the mound back to 70 feet. I, I'm one who thinks that's a bad idea for the hitters, man. You give these guys that have all the movement they have at 60 feet, 10 more feet for the ball to move, that may be problematic for hitters more than it is for the pitchers, man. I think I think it might be problematic for the pitcher because now that doesn't wouldn't that another ten feet? I mean, it sounds like it sounds crazy, but another ten feet gives them what another two tenths of a second to see the ball. It does, but or a tenth of a second. It does, but look at someone like the guys you guys just signed. Well, I shouldn't say you guys that the Yankees just signed because you're a Mets fan. Um, Adovino from Colorado. Do you see how his ball moves at 60 feet? And you're going to give him another 10 feet. That's why I think it's tougher for the hitter. Yes, you're throwing 10 more feet, but if you're just playing catch before a game, like you have guys throwing their knuckleballs or throwing their breaking balls, sometimes as they're practicing, especially pitchers, right? If if you sit with a pitcher at 60 feet and have him throw you breaking balls, and then you have him go 10 feet further back, you're giving that breaking ball more time to move. They can find out how to throw it a little bit harder and start it right. They can start, they started the hip sometimes to finish inside. Some of those balls are going to be starting behind you, and that's just different for a hitter when you're not yeah. accustomed to a ball starting exact, starting behind you that way. I mean, here's the thing baseball has to do something when you're talking about. Um, I, I don't know if it was um, Stanton or was it Judge when he's talking that the Yankees this year will probably break the home run record, the single-season home run record for a team. Right. I mean, that's unheard of. They even, they even have somebody talk like that to them. Unheard of. Right. It, it is. I, don't I even mean, know, look at that baseball team. Yeah, right. No, forget about the team. Look at this. Yeah, it's, it's bad, man. And that's, again, where you're changing the game so much. You're trying to make it exciting for the fans. But, dude, when you're hitting a pop fly, in my mind, because Judge does, Judge and Stanton don't have to do much to hit the ball out of Yankee Stadium. A routine fly ball gets out of there, man. Routine fly ball gets out to right. Routine fly ball gets out to left. Yeah. Center's about standard. But that's where everyone hits right. the ball hardest. That's why center field is the deepest part of the ballpark. But even 400 feet right. for these guys today is nothing. But you're talking, what, nothing. 314 nothing. down the line, 320 down the line. Pop flies are getting out. They're right. big, strong guys. You look at Judge, he hits the towering line <laughs> drive home runs. And then he hits right. the – And here's a classic. The classic is – and I always revert back to the story. The um, – 
Jason Bay was playing with the Boston Red Sox. Mm. He was putting up these astronomical numbers. Right. I mean, he was having 115, 105 RBI. Like, this was like his regular. So the Mets see these numbers and they sign him. And he had the benefit of playing at Wrigley Field with the, with the Green Monster. So a lot of those balls that got hit off the green monster and shade will just pop up to the left right. field. <laughs> and that's baseball. It makes it makes a difference, man. It makes a big difference. And it's like the, right? I think that's part of the reason we didn't sign Bryce Harper, man. There's only like four or five home runs that have gone out to right field in San Francisco in the last three or four years. The the ball doesn't really go fly out of there in all the National League West Parks. They're huge, man. And that's what you have. National League ballparks. You want pitching and defense. You don't want a whole bunch of home runs, but a lot of American League parks are band boxes. But Philly is a band box as well. So it is. Remember what Ryan Howard did there. Yeah. Expect Bryce to do similar. Oh, he's going. I think he's going to kill it there, man. Him, Reese Hoskins. And again, we had that conversation. I know we're going to chop on it some more as we get into the season, man. It's going to be fun watching Philly and Atlanta go back and forth. And I'm. I know I didn't mention your Mets. Then I know their staff. Oh, it's okay. Right. It's okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. Indeed. It's all right. I, I, haven't, I haven't mentioned them either, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, we'll definitely see how the season goes, man. I, I'm looking forward to it uh, this year. I don't think my Giants are going to do much either, but we'll toss that around next time we hop on, man. As usual, Tal, yes, make sure y'all keep it locked to the to the uh, CHHCS network. Seek first in Tal's, and we'll catch y'all in a bit. Yes, sir. Hi.